Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this, the penultimate We're Drunk and We Know Things of 2020. Mm. And the penultimate We're Drunk and We Know Things as we know it. Well, as we have never mentioned before on the pod. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, yeah, sorry. Uh, we are oh, going God, to I be. I the divorce in front of we... the kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're paying for their therapy. <laughs> No, Sorry, we are, kids, grandma's dead. We are going to be doing uh, <laughs> this month's movie. We have, uh, of course, a deep dive. And then we're going to take a little bit of a break in January. Because, yeah. frankly, 2020 has been hard work. Well, we had a break, right? And we need a little rough. bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. Just gonna take some time apart. Take a breath. To realise how much we love each other. All right. Go and, and listen to other podcasts. Come, yeah, exactly. But come back. There's so many out there. More than you could possibly. Anyway. I mean, we've got three at this point. Well, we've got two. I've got three. But yeah, whatever. It's December, which means the inevitable, uh, well, very unoriginal. It's like, what theme should our things have in the month of December? Should we do Christmas-themed things, Mike? I thought we were doing the pagan, the winter solstice. Saturnalia. That's it. Yeah. yeah. No. All right, no, whatever. Um, so <laughs> we, we kind of did Die Hard, and then um, it Made turns it well out... Made our own back. <laughs> turns out that... Both um, Mike and I actually quite like Love, in fact, um, another Christmas movie Winnie. that is actually a Christmas movie. It is actually a Christmas movie. Uh, Although Die Hard is actually a Christmas movie. Well, yeah, but it's actually about Christmas. Sure. Specifically. Very much It has so, Christmas yeah. in the title of the book that it's based on. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait. No, it does. Okay, It yeah, does. Okay. It's written very yeah. small. Yes, yeah, sure. Um, this month on We're Drunk, We Know Things, it's Bill Murray's 1980s play within a play extravaganza. Frozen 2. No, okay, no. <laughs> oh, we could do Frozen 2. It's we're not, not too late. We could Frozen do Frozen 2. two. No, we're, we're I've doing, done the same amount of preparation, so we could do it. We're doing <laughs> Scrooged. That's what I do. I drink. And I know things. <laughs> Scrooged! Scrooge you, Mother Scrooge you, you beeper, your mother beeper. So, it was made in 1987. Well, it wasn't, it was made in 1988. And it was released also in 1988. Are you sure? It was. I'm going to fact check you throughout. Same year as Beetlejuice. Ah. Yeah, very much of a theme, right? Well, a Hollywood loving a bit sp- of gothic horror. Specifically a theme. Yeah. Elfman had so. a good year. Yeah, he did have a good year. He did a very good year. I mean, to be fair, he used the same soundtrack for both films. Yeah, he used but... the same soundtrack for everything. He's, he's like, oh, who do you want for this? John Williams. We can't afford John Williams. All right, just get Danny Elfman in, fuck it. <laughs> to be fair, that is a Family Guy joke. That Family Guy joke <laughs> is very good, actually, to be fair. That's a very good joke. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, John Williams. <laughs> and the London Symphonic Orchestra. <laughs> Philharmonic Orchestra, I beg your pardon. Oh, do you remember when Family Guy was really good? Um, literally the Star Wars episodes and what else you got? Yeah, pretty much. Anyway. So $32 million is how much it cost to make it, and it made $100 million. A nice round number. $100 million. Well, actually 100 this entire episode is going to be called out to other film <laughs> franchises. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're yeah, not going to talk absolutely. about it at all. Absolutely. Um, Bill Murray hadn't made a movie for four years. No. Because he, he Ghostbusters. had made Ghostbusters and then... Was there something else? I think it was an enormous flop uh, that came out the same year as Ghostbusters. Your enormous flop. Fair, fair. Um, after this much beer... Oh, yeah. 
Anyway, hey. yeah. So um, he, he had four years because Ghostbusters was quite big. I don't know if you've heard of Ghostbusters. Mm. It's quite popular. It was quite the to do. Eddie Murphy was meant to be in that movie. I don't like horror films. You don't like horror films. You like Ghostbusters. No, but a ghost a ghost gives Dan Aykroyd a blowjob in it. It's very sexy. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So Ghostbusters was such a resounding success that he basically went and hid for four years because he was like, "How am I going to top that? How could I call possibly it fade, call it karma?" He believed everything happened for a reason, and he he got the the screwed script actually before he made Ghostbusters actually funny. yeah they'd been kicking this one around for a while they had indeed yeah, they had indeed. Um, and he was like okay well maybe this would be good I should do it uh, there's an amazing director who has made Superman and also made just made Lethal Weapon um, arguably my other favourite Christmas film it's a Christmas film yeah. the same as all Shane Black films are Christmas films kind of stretches over a period it's a, it's a Christmas film the same as um, On a Majesty's Secret Service is a Christmas film how? It's set on a mountain in snow, and it's Christmas time. Or it's just snowy time. No, it's definitely Christmas time. There's a Christmas like. There's a Christmas fair. tree in the. There's lots. Of, he crashes a car through a Christmas tree actually at one point. Yeah, yeah. Dinah Rigg does, in fact. Ooh. During you know when they're in the in the in the car the car racing scene. For everybody keeping count, that's now our fifth franchise unrelated <laughs> to the movie. Still Let's, not talking uh, about Scrooge. Stay with us and see how high we can get that number. Uh, so yeah, so Richard Donner was like, "Oh, I'm a director." I should make that and the studio was like yeah you should and he did and then he did that, that was the story and of that. it was lovely it wasn't right, much let's talk about the story of the story oh yeah shit yeah let's do that first so let's do a plot summary alright Frank Xavier we open on Frank Xavier Cross's face no we don't we oh, open no, we don't. We open on the North Ma- Pole <laughs> we open on the North Pole with Lee Majors Lee Majors arrives to save Christmas a very on the boy. night the reindeer died <laughs> so good coming to you Oh, uh, IBC. IBC. Yeah. So you'll, you, what's it? You'll love it. You'll love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. basically, so they're doing. just playing himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With a Gatling gun. Yeah. It's amazing. That Gatling gun, same Gatling gun in Predator that Jesse Ventura yeah. uses. Same prop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, actually the same Gatling. Actually gun. the same one. Yeah. <laughs> actually the same. Oh, we one. need a big gun for for Lee Majors. What you got? <laughs> Got this one that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm assuming yeah. that's how prop uh, production that works, right? Literally is. Look what we've got out the back. Yeah. So you know the you know in contact, you know the time traveling device sphere thing. Yes, yes. So that's an unused prop from Terminator. Nice. So you know the circle that yeah. they appear in. That circle is that prop is what they use in contact, but they just didn't use it in Terminator in the end. They just did like the glowy. But it's in the book. Yeah, it's weird. All right. Anyway, so. Uh, Frank Cross, IBC uh, yeah. television executive president. Yep. Um, he wants to basically do a live production of yeah. uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. He does. He wants to do it on Christmas Eve. He wants to be called Scrooged. And because it's live, yeah. it means everybody's going to have to work on Christmas Eve. It's very weird. He doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, indeed, yeah. Um, and well, so why would you do it live? Why wouldn't you? Well, I suppose that's the 80s. That's a big thing in America, right? They yeah, do a lot so of live. it was coast to coast, right? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was like a live telecast. Yeah. Do you know something I learned yesterday? What? There are no time zones in China. So in the summer, the sun rises at like 2 o'clock in the morning on the east of China. Sure. Because Because they just... Listen, motherfuckers, it's, it's all it's one Beijing time. It's Beijing time. Yeah, yeah. It's capital time. So in the summer, the sun rises at 2 o'clock in the morning because fuck you, that's what time the sun rises. I don't really have a problem with that. Okay. Well, time is relative. Sure. And frankly, it's a construct, it can, man. It can, you know, it can be morning at two a.m. It can be morning at say eleven. I frequently get eleven twelve. Uh, give or take. 
Um, it doesn't really make much difference, does it? 17 minutes past 11. 17 minutes past 11. We've got yeah. a podcast to do in 43 minutes. Anyway, not back prepared to the plot, we've not even started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm filling it out. I've got nothing to say. <laughs> Frank Fires, one of his fellow executives, a, a character Bob called Cat Elliot Loudermilk, played yes. by yeah. Bob Cat. Goldthwaite. Which you'll recognise from the Police Academy movies, of course, as Zed. Yep. yep. Um, and Frank's boss, uh, Preston Rhinelander, has brought in an, uh, a, a, a West Coast exec called Bryce. Bryce yeah. Cummings. So he's like a Los Angeles sleazeball, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And he looks it. Ooh. Yeah, he does. John Glover. Um, he's fantastic. meant to be helping him out. John Glover's fantastic. He's in um, Smallville as Lionel Luther. And also, at the beginning of uh, Robocop 2... In the advert for the car alarm that yeah. electrocutes the guy, yeah, ah, that's him the at guy. the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the night before the show is meant to go live, so the night before Christmas Eve, Christmas oh. Eve Eve. Christmas uh, Eve Eve. Frank is visited by the ghost of his mentor, Lou Hayward. Incredible. In an amazing scene, because Lou Hayward uh, died on the golf course, and it's a very shocking. It's the first of very many scenes where you're like. Wait, isn't this a Christmas film? He it's is, like proper horror. He is actually a corpse. He like rips the flesh off his arm and stuff when he hangs him out the window and stuff. One of that just happens, but yeah. He shoots him, it's so good, he drinks and all the drink comes out of him. I do what you want of me, Frank, women, but take it easy on the Bacardi. <laughs> women loved me. Oh, I mean, let's be real, you paid for the women. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, so this yeah. is the... Um, for those of you who are struggling to keep up with the plot, by the way, it's A Christmas Carol which I'm sure you've seen yes, and heard indeed. of. Yeah, we it is. kind of failed to mention that. Um, so, yeah. That's John Forsyth, right? He's yeah, Marley yes. in this instance. Uh, and you get an amazing <laughs> scary scene. It might have been something you we don't know yet, is a scene. I love that line. We don't know yet, like he's got people looking into it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yes. It's the undigested piece of goose. Yes. So, yeah, indeed, yeah. Um, <laughs> on the way out... <laughs> yeah. Um, Lou uh, hits speed dial and yeah. accidentally, on purpose, phones. Phones Claire. Claire. It's been, looks at his watch, 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> Claire, of course, being Frank's uh, love interest from a long time ago. Played by Marion Ravenwood. I mean, Karen Allen from Played Indiana by Jones. Karen Allen. Beautifully played by as well. She's fantastic, yeah. Um, so, he then... Uh, uh, basically blows her off uh, as he continues to do throughout yeah indeed yeah um and uh, goes about work basically actually he doesn't blow her off does he he invites her to he the invites set he invites her to the set yeah because this is your favourite scene oh yeah so she turns up so they've knocked out the um standards woman uh, do they uh, talk the, about the, the nipples sensor, yeah I can hardly see them nipples it's that, that's that guy. I want to see her nipples. That guy uh, plays a, uh, he plays a carpenter a... in this, and he plays a carpenter in Lethal Weapon 2 as well, funny enough. Uh, I can hardly see them nipples. Hey, I want to see her nipples, yeah, yeah. But this is a Christmas film. <laughs> Charles Dickens would want to see the nipples. Um, so anyway, Claire comes to set. Yeah. Um, Frank it's all very cutie-cutie, meet-cute business. Yeah, Frank is being a total dick. Yeah. Um, and will you please? And they're constructing the set. <laughs> And, and yeah, he and routinely asks people to stop to please the damn hammering. Stop oh. the hammering. Would you hold the goddamn hammering, please? I better go. You're busy. No! No, don't go. Would you hold the goddamn hammering, please? Frank, what did happen last night? Claire, it was something that I ate. It was probably a bad clam or something. We don't know yet. Well, if it 
happens again, give me a call. I, here, I'm, I'm hardly ever home. I'm definitely going to call because I'm a seafood nut, and you know, to not eat clams is hell's life for. Would you please, for the love of God and your own body, hold the hammering? Claire? Sir, it's the Times. They want a reaction to the woman's death. Well, we slapped her in the face and got her attention. It was probably something she ate. Oh. Anyway, she gets very, very disappointed because he's clearly not changed at all. He's yeah. still the self fish. If anything, he's worse. Uh, yeah, 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 but he's yeah. trying to staple antlers to a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many of you have got the Brascahonis to try that? Yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, no, that's at the end. That's but, the end, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, she then disappears, and he then goes for dinner yes. with uh, his boss and Bryce. Uh, yeah, Preston. And starts yeah. hallucinating. Uh, so, there's the eyeball in the highball. Uh, and then which is amazing. The, the, uh, uh, the bait Alaska and the, the full body burn, <laughs> yeah, which sorry. is kind of impressive. And, and he said, I thought you were Richard Pryor. That's so out of order as well. Richard Pryor famously set himself on fire whilst he was smoking crack as a, basically, a cry for help, because he was addicted to crack at the time. He doused himself in rum and set himself on fire. Amazing. Yeah, make a joke about it and Scrooge. <laughs> I mean, sure, why not? Yeah, sure, why not, yeah. yeah. Um, so he, he falls over he, on the way out, which he, is a mistake, uh, by the way. He's not meant to fall He's not meant to, but no, I guess they, he slipped on the water that he threw earlier. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. But yeah, there's a full-on pratfall, and to be honest, it works. It does. But like so much of Bill Murray in this film, there's it's so much semi-improvised. Yeah. And it all just works. Yeah. It's Bill Murray. Yeah. So he stumbles out, gets into a taxi, and the taxi is being driven by uh, David Johansson, the Ghost of Christmas Past. Yes, by uh, by, by Ghost of Christmas Past, who is the lead singer of the New York Dolls. Interesting side note about this: um, the other guy from New York Dolls, when he saw how, what a prominent role he had in it, he was so um, overcome with jealousy that he um, beat his wife up and put her in a hospital, and then jumped out a third-story window. Could you know? <laughs> punk bands in New York in the late 80s. <coughs> am, I, am I calling Pyfel on that? No, that's no, a that real, that's an happened. honestly, honest right. to God thing. His, his bandmate, um, yeah. Don't be in a punk band in the late 80s, Rob. Well, do, but be the lead singer and well, get, be, the, be get David the Johansson, be in Scrooge, yeah. And, yeah. David Johansson is my favourite part of the whole thing. He is amazing. Oh, that scene really? where he's like, when he comes out and he's saying about, um, there was one time I was running down a hill and a girl with long... That's oh, you Little are so House pathetic. on the Prairie. You're so pathetic. Was it the homecoming episode? It was a homecoming episode of Little House. <laughs> their, their chemistry is so good. He's such a, he gives such a natural performance for a pointy-eared, elvish... Taxi driver. <laughs> taxi driver. The only, right, the right. only real moment in there that is even remotely silly, to be honest, is can I smoke? And it comes out of his ears for yes. no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a bone, you lucky dog. Anyway, right. This is not me doing all the dialogue from Scrooge. I mean, my, my favourite bit is where he drives through the van. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. Go back to Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so he takes him back in time and shows him he shows his dad him giving him his... a five pound of eel. <laughs> yeah, whilst he's glued to the television. Yeah, and you've got the, the, the origin story of how you become a television exec, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Um, his mum, who is actually quite loving <laughs> and beautiful. Frank Ross has got almost the same origin story as me. <laughs> Yeah. Is it my dad never gave me veal? No, it would have been like a paying in slip. <laughs> um, a gyro, a gyro slip. Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, he also then goes on to show him uh, meeting Claire. 
Yes, so then, yeah, so they uh, bump heads outside the Chinese. He's at the Christmas party where um, the lady is um, photocopying, photocopying her, her bum. bum. Yes, yes. photocopying her bum. A rum bum bum. Uh, and then they bump heads. But all of this, by the way, is again tying back to a Christmas carol because it's the Fizgig Christmas party. Yes, yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. actually quite clearly it is, linked it is, in. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, it really is. Um, and he keeps Bill Murray keeps um, touching his long hair in the in the, like yeah, modern he's got day. like a perm <laughs> mullet. Long, yeah. And Bill Murray, uh, present day Bill Murray, keeps touching his long hair. It's very funny to me. Very funny to me. Young lady, young lady, do you eat her a lot? If so, I can walk on the other side of the street. A rum bum bum. Right. I, I love it. Anyway, we're getting past this bit because yep. you're clearly too invested. Yep. Um, it's my favourite bit. Also, we get to see the first uh, downturn where he is focusing entirely on his career. Yeah. Um, wants to blow off dinner with their friends. Oh, like, we can have dinner with them anytime. It's like, yeah, yeah. But it's Christmas Eve. Yeah. And you he becomes a giant 100%, tosser. I'm 100% on his side. The network president was inviting him to dinner, Rob. It's Christmas Eve. You can see the right, friends Just whenever. to be clear, you're coming around to ours for Christmas Eve. If yeah. you're going to blow us off because you're the, boss... Not if the president of the company invites me out for dinner. Mm. I love you very dearly, but you'd understand. You know where this ends. Listen, I'm dressed as a dog. I'm trying to make myself a good... <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So we're also interspersed with cuts of Elliot Loudermilk. Um... Desperately oh, yes, trying I'd to drink. That. He's desperately trying to drink. Uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, in the back, back game, in the present. Sure. <laughs> so he goes back to the present. <laughs> he comes stumbling out of uh, the into the world, and it's like ah, everything's weird. And Bryce is like, I'm going to use this to my my goodness. I'm going to use it to my advantage. advantage does he, does he also knock over a barrel that takes out the sensor again? No, that's uh, when he leaves Ghost of Christmas Past. Ah, uh, that is Christmas Past. We just come out of Christmas uh, Ghost of Christmas Present. So Ghost of Christmas Present turns up and it's Carol Kane and she's doing like terrible ballet dancing. Right, and no it, she doesn't because first he has to go to the homeless shelter to talk to Claire uh, again. Yes. And does an impression that I think has inspired you. <laughs> Throughout your life of impress- impersonating people, he, he does an impression of uh, Richard Burton. Richard Burton. Why do they think he's Richard Burton? That's I so don't know, funny. He's fancy. He's so forth. Here to fall. For after. For after. Therefore. It's so funny. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love Therefore, it. I swear to thee. Force swear. <laughs> Therefore, I force swear. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, they think he's Dick Burton, so he does. Imp- and he pours the drink. <laughs> But um, and Claire is basically saying, uh, you know, she's open to yes. getting back together with him. But then, of course, he's a dick again. He is dick because they've got problems. They're at the big girls, shelter. very big girls. He and insults the staff. So the staff is um, the parking uh, attendant from Lethal Weapon Three. Nice. You know when they're chasing rigs at the beginning of the film. Yeah. And then Danny, she falls in love with Danny Glover, and she yeah. comes looking for him later. Yeah. That's her. Okay. There's a lot of Lethal Weapon uh, people in it. There's right. a lot of Lethal people in it. Yeah. Good, good times. I mean, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> Doing a really good job of humouring me there. Um, I mean, the key thing here is you're introduced to the character of Herman. Yes. Um, who will be important in a minute. Yes. Uh, and then... And then not mean it again until the end. Uh, he uh, returns to the studio and he meets... The Ghost of Christmas past. Present. Present. God damn it. There's only three of them, dude. There's only three. Yeah, Ghost of Christmas uh, Present, uh, played by Carol Kane. No, she is my favourite part of this entire film, is because she, really? she is absolutely amazing. So apparently they were going to get a ballerina to, to introduce her. Yeah. And then somebody, the set designer or something, saw her doing like a jokey comedy, like copy version of the ballerina and said, that's so bad, you've got to we're, just we're let her it. do it. You've got it to let her do it is the funniest thing. Yeah, yeah, she's fantastic. Um, she basically shows up and immediately starts battering. Fucking him up. She kicks him in the nuts. 
first of all. Well, no, because she's standing next to a sign that says something like the nut cracker ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Or the nut buster ball, I think it is. He catches her when she goes for the eye pinch with the hands. Yeah. Uh, she tears his lip and she actually tore his lip in yeah. real life so no, that they had to shut down for a few days yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and the way that she travels through time so the ghost of Christmas passed us <laughs> in a taxi she travels through time by literally just knocking him out knocking some sense into him yeah slapping him in the face hitting him with a toaster at the end so, so they, they see the brother uh, the brother at the Christmas party uh, one of the go to Gracie's apartment first his assistant yes, of course, yes. to see Tiny Tim Alfred Woodward by the way Huh? Alfred, Alfred Woodward, who is like an amazing actress, uh, amazing actor, and like really incredible in the last few years, and it was insane that she's in this. Like the, the cast is so stacked with amazing actors, it really is. Um, she then uh, they then go to his brother's place. Oh, and by the way, her son is the son is Danny Glover's son in *Lethal Weapon*. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then they he goes then to go to his place. brother's place, um, and it's Nina from. Um, uh, radio, that radio news radio TV show from the 90s that had David Spade in it what? that really niche 90s that had Phil Hartman in it what? news radio the sitcom what? about the radio show moving on jeez uh, guys and, and it's got both it's got two of Bill Murray's brothers yes in that scene so his brother is played by one of his three brothers who looks at least like him his dad is played by Brian Dormurray who is his brother yep. and then the guest at the Christmas party is also his brother yep yeah it's amazing. All his brothers are in it. Uh, uh, Carol Kane's character then leaves him mm. in kind of like an under under the sidewalk in New York. Oh yes. Um, and this is when it starts. The movie starts taking a real dark. It gets turn. A, well. Yeah. Really, we saw literally saw the dried, desiccated <laughs> tendons of a corpse tearing yeah, yeah, off sure, earlier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but is it the tonally? It, it goes from slapstick to much more. There's a bit of a handbrake turn into Darkville. Yeah. Herman is dead. He's Herman frozen is frozen solid. solid. He's a Herman popsicle. He is. He's a Herman popsicle. Why got... didn't you stay with Claire? Uh, and the, the, you would have been watch. warm. You would have been watch. a much prettier colour for <laughs> damn sure. Um, um, and yeah, he's holding the watch. Yeah. Uh, and so then he bursts through the door and he bursts through the back of the stage of Scrooge and hits the barrel. And he knocks a barrel a over that then takes out the sensor again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at which point Bryce has taken over production because they're in the midst of the final dress rehearsal. Yes. Despite being in the midst of the final dress rehearsal, he then lets everybody go to dinner. Yeah, it is a bit weird. Yeah. Anyway. So he sends everyone to lunch, and um, he's like, normally I send everybody to lunch around here. He's like, everybody come back. <laughs> he holds up the megaphone and like, you and me need to have a talk. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, fuck, I love him. I love him. Uh, so, um... We, uh, basically, then... What, do we, what happens now? What happens now? He gets sent up to his office. Yes. Yes, there we go. Back he on track. He goes up to his office and he has a tab, he's a Stolian tab clear. Um, unfortunately for him... <laughs> he says, uh, temporary insanity brought on by Russian vodka, poisoned by Chernobyl. <laughs> you are a hallucination. Um... <laughs> He's yeah. ad-living in this movie. Is Whilst he's sat there, again, you get another left turn to Darkville because you get the Ghost of Christmas Oh, he's on the screen in the is background. This yeah. weird, grim reaper character. And the big hand is coming and out. And, yeah. yeah, that's beautifully done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's interrupted. Of course. By, by the arrival of Elliot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Elliot and Adam want to shoot him. Who comes up the lift, says, honey, I'm home. And he's doing and loads of Elmer Fudd bits, which are yeah. fantastic. Yeah, amazing. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, so good. <laughs> Chasing uh, um, him into the lift, he falls over into the lift when it opens, and, he's, and there's a there's a cut back. They cut back just to see his feet go up in the air. Yeah. 
So yeah, so he gets in the lift, he escapes. But then, he, amazingly, the lift, it's also it's one of those moments where the lift door opens, mm. he falls through it and the lift door closes. Yeah. Lifts don't do that. No, but only in movies. he then, you then have the fantastic moment where previously he'd been scared by the ghost of Christmas feature <laughs> from the set. Uh, and this time he actually meets the ghost of Christmas future. He opens it up, that's really good. Opens Did other people do that? screaming souls. <laughs> that's some good work. Did other people us? do that? That might work with the chips, but not with me. <laughs> it's, so, it's so 80s, this film. So um, and then, of course, realises that he's actually dealing with the real ghost. The lift starts to freefall. He takes him to the um, to the hallway where he's gone to his funeral. He thinks that initially it's his brother's funeral. Well, um, uh, before that, he... Uh, he struggles to walk down the sees, corridor because he's um, on a dutch angle. <laughs> he sees his assistant's son has been institutionalised. Yes, of course, yes, of course. He sees Claire... Becoming scrape a completely selfish, yeah. scrape them off, yeah. queen. Although a little tear, as my wife said, she looks like the Joker. But yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah sure. And then inevitably his own death. He, and then he's inside the coffin. He's inside the coffin, being burned, burned alive, yeah, which yeah. is like so good. And then manages to escape from the coffin and from the I'm left. I'm alive, and so are you. <laughs> Walks up I to. I really like this film. I'm walks sorry. up to a a glyph of the sun on the wall. <laughs> the sun. But that's like it's it's such the middle of the night. Improvising, yeah. Oh. The sun's here. He kisses it. Yeah, it's so good. Um, he blows a raspberry on his stomach. That's my new thing. I'm gonna do that to everyone. That's not gonna age well, Bill. That's not gonna age well. <laughs> um, yeah, and then takes <laughs> Elliot to basically. Hold the production booth hostage. Hostage because they're oh, mid the show. Is the captain of the police from Lethal Weapon? Nice. Also, he's Richard Donner's cousin. Okay, really? Yeah, no, really. Yeah, yeah no, that's not a pipe. That's a real thing. Just second. That guy is actually. Um, is, yeah. And then, to be honest, you get two things. Firstly, the ending for this film is the only bad thing about it because they didn't write one. It does get quite painful um, about halfway through, doesn't it? Yeah. No, but you also get Bill Murray in full. Full improv mode. So the writer said during filming, apparently, Michael Donahue uh, said, um, turned to Richard Donner and said, "What is this? The Jim Jones hour? Like, like he did? They thought he was having a nervous breakdown. Yeah, because uh, he just—it's a full-on manic improvisational. So the the thing is meant to be the miracle is meant to be that the miracle that changes his mind. That's the example is that in New York on Christmas Eve, everyone is nice to each other, and that's a miracle that everyone is nice to each other in New York." That's the way it was written. Yeah. So he kind of talks around that a bit. So this is the miracle, but some people don't have their miracle, and we need to get their miracle to them. So her and kissing, him kissing the solid gold dancer, that was improvised. That's amazing. Yeah, but so she, that's, the fact that she reels him she in She reels as him well. in, that's oh. all improvised. Uh, her name is Eileen Fairbanks, by the way. She was in the, the TV show of Hawaii Five-O. Nice. When I said I hadn't done any uh, uh, for research... For those keeping count, we know, I think that makes around a dozen. When I said I'd done the research, I might have been preparing for this podcast my whole life. <laughs> This is the first time I've ever woken up and done a podcast off the top of my head. It's cold. Just off the top uh, of my head. Technically second. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so he has a nervous breakdown uh, and there's a big old shoutiness. Um, his boss, Robert Mitchum. Oh, yeah. Robert Mitchum is in this film, by the way. His boss. <laughs> um, his boss is having a nightmare, but his wife is like, actually, she's touched by his message. And then he gets Karen, uh, Claire, Claire, the whole world, the whole world, Claire. With a little help from a taxi driver. Yeah, yes. Uh, he says, feed me Seymour for some reason. Yeah. I, and then they sing, put a little love in your heart. Which is, to be honest, the only bit I don't like is the fact that they're all stood there and then randomly somebody starts playing the piano and his assistant starts singing. Yeah. yeah. 
and then everybody starts singing. Yeah. And do you know they, like released they're singing a Christmas a, Carol. they released it as a single? Yeah. And do you know who sang it? Who? Annie Lennox and Al Green. Sure. <laughs> it's the weirdest duet of all time. Annie Lennox and Al Green released that as a Christmas single. All right. Do you know who else is on this soundtrack? No. You too. Um, it's um, and the song was actually ended up being released in 1998. So this film came out in 1988, right? But they didn't release it. it was a B-side from Rattle and Hum, I believe. Um, and it's Sweetest Thing. Okay. So it's not actually sung by you 2 It's sung by the New Voices of Freedom, featuring Adrian McDonald and George Pendergrass. That oh, I'm not doing off the top of my head. Uh, but it's uh, but weirdly, that song wasn't released in 1980. But, but the soundtrack of this film, mate, Put a Little Love on Your Heart, Annie Lennox and Al Green, A Wonderful Life, Mark Lennon, Sweetest Thing, the U2 song, uh, The Love You Take, Dan Hartman, uh, Cool Modi, Get Up and Dance. Um, oh, yeah, Miles Davis is in this movie. Yes, he is. Randomly, Miles Davis and uh, He's Larry part Carlton. of the, um, He's jazz, uh, the jazz sex set at the very you beginning. you this song yesterday? We Three Kings playing that. Um, it's so weird. And in Brown Eyed Girl, the Van Morrison song, sung by uh, Buster Poindexter, who is David Johansson from New York Dolls. So yeah. he did a song. It's not in the film. But so they released this. Um, okay. And then Natalie Cole, uh, Nat King Cole's daughter, did Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, all recorded for the soundtrack of this movie, randomly. Randomly. Right. Yeah. Um, and everybody lives happily ever after. And then they do. And then he gets like the cinema to sing, and he's like, just the people on the left, just the people on the right, yeah. just the girls. I think that would be fun in the cinema. I don't think it would, because nobody knew that song, because it's not a song that anybody knows. I think it is, in America, maybe. Well, is it? I thought it was... Something and something else, something and something else, put a little yeah. <laughs> You know, that song, you know. Um, song. Anyway, it's so all good fun. They stopped just short of putting up like karaoke lyrics and a bouncing ball. Yeah. Uh, and we're done. That's it. That's the end of the film. Make it so, baby. Make it so, Chewy. <laughs> Make it so, Chewy. Ooh, it's so chewy. It's my, one of my favourite Simpsons jokes. When he's writing the restaurant reviews and he says to the dog, what was it like? Rough. You've been pitching that all night. What else you got? Chewy. <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, season six of the Simpsons. Rarified air. Rarified air. Anyway. So, it took three and a half months to shoot this film. I'm not sure. Is that a long time or not? Is it, is it quite a long time for this film? Yeah, it's a very long. Well, no, because it's not for just a Star this Wars film, film. Not long. But they it was they all made shot a on lot sets. more. Yeah. yeah. It was all shot on sets, except for a couple of the exterior shots that were actually New York. So it sounds like very much like Bill Murray had one idea. That, I mean, that's the big the thesis of this movie, the making of this movie, well, right? Bill Murray had one idea about what this film was going to be. Richard Donner had and, and the studio had a different idea, which is why it's all slapstick. Because Richard Donner wanted a big, loud, brash... That's the thing, right? In that Bill Murray interview, he says... He kept um, saying, kept saying louder. be louder, be louder. Like, he thought, it, I thought he was deaf. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I think Richard Donner wanted a big, kind of slapsticky romp. Whereas Bill Murray thought it was going to be a little bit more nuanced, perhaps. Well, and to so be honest, I think... You look at it, and he's uh, clearly he's going for the full spectrum comedy. Yeah. There are elements that are just hilarious, and there are elements that are incredibly in he's, your he's, face, he's and there are elements that are very subtle. But he, he, it's, I think his performance really runs the gamut, like you say, between he does small character moments, like when he's looking in the window, watching himself and Karen Allen and stuff like that. 
and do the biggest Bill Murray's ever gone, basically. It's, yeah. Um, and I think perhaps the nuanced, more smaller nuanced moments were cut out. I think there's a lot that was left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. So this famously was made four years... He, he did a break from acting for four years after Ghostbusters. Because Ghostbusters was fucking Ghostbusters. So he was like, shit, how do I top that? Uh, and yeah, so he uh, was very nervous about coming back. And this is a movie that he revisited. So he'd had the script pre-Ghostbusters, I believe. Yep. Uh, and then he said, let's make this. And the studio assigned Richard And literally, Donner. he sat down with the script writers and rewrote it, right? Yeah, yeah. He um, added yeah. in a whole bunch of Super the nuts, yeah. character development around... Yeah, made the uh, rom- love interest. romance yeah, much more prevalent um, than that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, they assigned Richard Donner because uh, he'd made Superman, uh, arguably the best superhero film still to this day, and Lethal Weapon, arguably the best action film. It's certainly my favourite action film. Lethal Weapon is my favourite action film. It's insane how good that movie is. Um, that's more Shane Black than it is Richard Donner, but anyway. Um, but anyway, Richard Donner riding high off Lethal Weapon was assigned to it, and they famously butted heads. Richard Donner's always been very nice about it, whereas he basically said... You don't direct Bill Murray, you just kind of rein him in. So, uh, and Bill Murray was paid $6 million. $6 million. Six, and the budget was 32, right? So, so he got a good chunk of that. Yeah, so what it was is that the executive that was studio, the running, uh, the executive was running the studio at the time said, he's been away for four years, so had a million dollars a year because he's one of the few actors, and he was right. Bill Murray at that time, in the 80s, it was one of few actors that could make $10 million on an opening night. Yeah. Like, there's a new Bill Murray film. People are going to go and see it because it's fucking Bill Murray. Um, and he was right. He was absolutely right. I mean, that's why it made $100 million and it made it in the first couple of weeks. Like, it wasn't a long-lived film because it's a Christmas movie. Um, and sure, yeah, I've it, absolutely yeah. never watched this in July. <laughs> no, I, I actually don't. So, you know, when I'm watching... I, it, I, when I do my many rewatches of sitcoms... When there's a Christmas move, uh, Christmas episode, I skip it. I always skip it. Even even Simpsons, I'll skip it because not in July. You dumb. I want the Christmas feels. You of dumb. Christmas, but I do don't you, like. Do you Christmas go back episode. and watch them? The oh, Christmas specials Christmas, yeah. at Christmas. Yeah, I often do, but I okay. never. If it's in June and there's a Christmas episode, skip it. Where do you come on Thanksgiving? I don't really give a shit because <laughs> I'm not American. <laughs> It's not, it's, not, it's not the appearance of a turkey so much as it is the appearance of a Christmas tree, I think. And general Christmas themage. Yes, yeah, indeed. indeed. Uh, so as you said, he pro- pretty much rewrote the whole script. Uh, we haven't got much on production today because we've kind of talked about it during the plot. Well, I mean, the, the main uh, point that I would like to raise is anybody who watches Carol Kane uh, beating the living shit out of Bill Murray needs to yeah. bear in mind that she actually did all of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they had to shut there down. There was not a stunt media. double. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was at Bill Murray's insistence. Yes. This isn't some, so. like, uh, sadistic very director much. nonsense. Yeah, yeah. So she actually kicked him in the balls. She hits him with the toaster. She actually hits yeah. him with a toaster. Yeah, yeah. She, he really. And it's weird, like, Bill Murray's, like, a really method guy for that kind of slapstick, and he, and he is, and he always, always has been. Like, you know, it's. it's it's hard to understate the absolute brilliance of Bill Murray. Like, it, I mean, I love him. Yeah. You've heard the Bill Murray story about the chips? Yeah. Outside the restaurant, and he steals a chip and just says to him, no one's ever going to believe you. <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, we all go to a bar and just be like, can I just tend bar for a couple of hours? And they're like, okay. And then Bill Murray just tends bar and gives out free shots all night. Like, it's just... He's Bill Murray. Does whatever he wants because he's Bill. He's, he does whatever he wants. He's the chief of police. To paraphrase Jaws, he, he's Bill Murray. It's oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. He's, he's real royalty. Real royalty. So he, uh, but he actually complained about the working conditions quite a lot. 
in the 90s he complained in an in a interview about how it was quite miserable um, it was a real dusty smelly and smoky set uh, and apparently he was coughing up blood because of the fake snow and stuff like that um, I just going along with Bill Murray being Hollywood royalty is I don't believe a word he says about anything I believe stories that people tell about Bill Murray but I don't believe a story that Bill Murray's ever told <laughs> no uh, and to be honest you kind of see it because if you uh, read up on the fractious nature of his relationship with the director and, and, and to a degree with the writer, and that's true with everybody so even on Groundhog Day he's working with Ivan Reitman who he'd worked with um, on Ghostbusters and everything um, and they had a massive falling out and they didn't speak for like 20 years afterwards um, you know Bill Murray's not an easy person to direct because he's a creative force of nature you know he's like he's id he's, he's just id is it, you know it's is that, oh, right. is that right yeah that's, Ra- that's Ra- right. in GCSE psychology textbook but no um, but no so I mean, Richard Donner's always been very nice about it and just said uh, he was di- he was a, cre- a superb creative force but um, difficult as an actor but no more difficult than any actor because Richard Don is also a consummate fucking professional. Um, oh, because I also subtext there, most difficult actor ever. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but that, I mean, that's it really. Well, I mean, I'm just going to go and make more Lethal Weapon movies, so leave me alone. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to make Lethal Weapon two next year, and it's going to be awesome. I'm going to put a guy on a toilet oh, and fit it with a bomb. That movie's so good. You know when he's like looks at him, and he's like, "Hey, Riggs," and he's like, "Yeah, I know." And they're like telling each other, each other. I've actually had enough to drink to get a little bit upset just thinking about that moment. Oh, I love Lethal Weapon 2. Anyway. <laughs> um, this has been the Lethal Weapon 2 podcast. <laughs> well, we don't need to do that so one no, anymore. So, unfortunately, the issue is is that whilst there is a commentary by um, Richard Donner on the Scrooged Blu-ray... Um, none of the footage survives. None of the extra footage. There's no special making-ofs or anything like that. And it's... I honestly think it could be... It could be a Groundhog Day level of a classic for Bill Murray... But there's just no background to it, and I think there should be. It's massively overlooked. Stripes was for a very long time until people realised how incredible Stripes is. Highly, I'm talking of recommendations. Fucking go and watch Stripes. Um, but um, yeah, hopefully one day we'll get they get the real story. So it comes to the point where we have to uh, classify five. Hang on, I'm not finished yet. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? <laughs> And I'm going to ask for three ratings. Oh. The first mm-hmm. is overall, as a movie. Right. right. The second is as part of the Christmas movie canon. Oh, okay. And the third is as part of Christmas movies that are specifically remakes of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Oh, I love the third one. You son of a bitch. Oh, so, I love that. I think we can both agree uh, this gets five uh, ghosts, even though there are only three. It gets five New York dolls. Five New York Dolls. Yes, nice. indeed. Absolutely does. Um, as part of the Christmas canon, it gets ten. It's This and Die Hard 2 are my go-to Christmas, first go-to Christmas movies. D- Die I'm Hard a little bit gutted I've already watched it, to be honest. Yeah, so we Die Hard 2 is blatantly a Christmas movie. Uh, yeah, no, 100%. But it's it's more that it's Die Hard 2 and not Die Hard 1. But anyway. Why? Um, Die Hard 2 is a better film. Stop shaking the table, Mike. I've only been told 50 times. Uh, uh, yes, um, yes. So it's five and five. I, I mean, you love this film. I love this film. I love it because Bill Murray's wackiness. It's, I love it because the production values are actually really high. It, and I agree. It is something and up you, could, until, you could watch it in June just for the Bill Murray of it all. Yeah, up until that last stumble as they oh. go into the song. Yeah. Um, it is solid. 
I agree. Now. The, it always makes me a bit cringy. The last few minutes where he's doing that, he kind of has to... He's improvising and then he suddenly realises, shit, we've got to all sing at the we've end. We've got to kind of pull this all back We've together. all got to sing. It's almost like he doesn't bother. He just stops and then somebody starts singing. Yeah, it's very yeah, odd. Anyway, yeah. but, so, so, of Christmas movies specifically Right, so what you're saying on, is, is this better than Muppets Christmas Carol? Or other Scrooge Other Scrooge Christmas remakes. Carol. I mean, there's the Albert Finney Christmas Carol. That's true. Quite famously. Yeah, who gives um, a shit about it's better than that. Definitely. I mean, it leaves it in, yeah. the, in the dust. Is it better than The Muppets? I prefer it. I'd rather watch it than The Muppets Christmas Carol, but The Muppets Christmas Carol is a better remake of A Christmas Carol. I think that's reasonable. I'll take it. I'd rather watch Scrooge than Muppets Christmas Carol, but Muppets Christmas Carol is a rare, perfect movie. And, like, we talked about doing that this for this episode, but arguably we've been pretty much gushing about this movie. That would have been probably too much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the internet's quite ready for that level like, of fandom. I, like, from I, I, two I almost middle-aged love, men. I truly love Scrooge, but um, Muppet's Christmas Carol is another level of existence. It really is. It really is. Uh, so yes, no, I think that's fair. Yeah. So uh, we loved it. Mm. Did anybody not? <laughs> Shockingly, loads of people. Let me guess. It's really eighties. The Blu-ray was terrible. So there is a whole bunch of Blu-rays are terrible. Well, but, hang on um, a minute. Oh, pause for the jingle. It's Amazon One Star Reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews, as ever, are uh, entertaining. We've got KRT, who is a top contributor to the pets section. Amazon have started doing that now. They tell well, they you, tell where, you where you shop. They're like, this person does loads of good reviews. I in quite the pet like section. that though, because it means if I'm going to listen to him, it's like a uh, movie review well, person, from the pet guy. This knows, person knows a lot about pets. And knows a lot about films because they've read this perfectly. Really dark and angry movie. Yeah. I wanted to like this. I like Bill Murray's other movies. Don't watch it with kids. There's yelling, cursing, and anger, and only the last three minutes of the film were good. <laughs> oh. I like the classic Scrooge movies, but this one is violent and angry, and he curses the whole way through. Sucks. I think that's an accurate review of this film. He certainly nailed the tone. Well, up until the point where he says it sucks. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah, absolutely. It's the whole point, damn it. This one is amazing. This one's Amazon Queen from December 29th, What's her speciality? No, there's no speciality for this Not, not specified. She's okay. just some um, nobody. She's a generalist. She's a generalist. She's a generalist. She's a generalist. I, had, I had a choice not to watch. Okay, just processing <laughs> the... I mean, yeah. I hate this movie. I think Bill Movie, Bill, Bill, movie, Bill Murray is so sarcastic... If you don't like Bill Murray being sarcastic, I don't think you like Bill Murray. <laughs> I like all of his really earnest roles. Yeah. So she likes Lost in Translation. And no, she doesn't even like that film. Anyway, my husband rents this movie to watch with the kids. Bad parent. Ooh. He may do this because he knows how much I hate it. That sounds this like is, there's bigger issues This has suddenly become about your marriage and not about Bill this Murray. Is, yeah. This is a bigger thing now. He's just a romantic. Wait, is she married to Bill Murray? <laughs> <laughs> He's just a romantic. He likes Scrooge and obnoxious. He is just a romantic that likes Scrooge and obnoxious and dated Bill Murray. He dated Bill Murray? What's happening? Hang on, I thought he was Bill Murray. I don't normally do these live, but this one's confusing. <laughs> Moving on, either way. Uh... Need to rank less than one by Sir Reads a Lot. 
again, a big, a big movie buff. Nerd so alert. reads a lot. As I'm adding to my holiday movie collection, I tried this. I've always liked Carl Kane. Carl? Yep. Okay. But this was sickening. Ooh. The whole movie was stomach churning. I can see why men need ugly Christmas movies. This should be sent to the archives, never to return. Oh, that one's a Not commentary to the on archives. That one's a commentary on toxic masculinity. But Ooh. also the archives. Does he know that if we send it to the archives, Ooh. it takes a while to get it back? PTP. PTP. December 2019. Not a good story. Secular Christmas. Secular Christmas. The best kind of Christmas. The only kind of Christmas. If you only think the name. That Christmas is not about anything but capitalism at this point, go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, sorry, this is our Christmas episode. I mean, Merry Christmas. Oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't mean, ho. you know. <laughs> um, not recommended by Mikey Boy, December 2019. Wait. They're all watching it, aren't you? It's not me. It's not you. It's okay. not me. I highly recommend it. Terrible movie. Bad flashback to the 80s. What tab? It made me want to buy tab. Stolian tab. I literally said. To, I literally said to my wife on Thursday, "Can we get tab? I really want to drink Stolian tab." It's gone. <laughs> I've never had a vodka and coke in my life, but I want a Stolian tab. <laughs> you love it. Yeah, they don't. We, you just can't get it anymore. Um, my favorite thing about the American um, reviews is always the complaints about the swearing. So this one is uh, avid reader, US top contributor. Coloring books. <laughs> November 19. Didn't find it funny. All the cursing very off putting. Why is there a problem with swearing? Go fuck yourself. Fuck nice. Didn't you invent swearing? Fucking dicks. Uh, too much sleaze and an otherwise good plot. Basically, they didn't like it because it wasn't like sincere enough for a Christmas movie. Okay. Okay. That's I think we've heard it's good. I, I think, think we've heard it. I think we understand what the, the general thesis is. Oh. Come on, America. If you do like it... Yeah. What was he going to like? Groundhog Day. Yeah. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Eh. Anything with Bill Murray in it. Um, including... My... Jingle All The Way. Another cynical Christmas film about capitalism and toy buying. Uh, I was Jingle say, All The Way is amazing. Including Quick Change, by yes. the way, which is the oh. most... Underestimated Bill Murray by Bill ever. Murray, yeah. Directed oh, by Bill yeah. oh, yeah. And it's 100%. insane. Yeah. Underappreciated um, by If you like Carol Kane, uh, watch anything with Carol Kane in it. And watch Unbreakable Kimmy Smith. She's fantastic she in is. that as the landlady. Basically, this character. Yeah. Um, She's amazing in that. If you like. Um, Carol Kane's in um, Princess Bride. She is. She's Billy, Billy Of course wife. she is, yes. So watch that. Yeah, watch that. That's also a film. They're fantastic. They're fantastic. Also, improv. That kind of feels a bit Christmassy, that movie. No. The fairy tellness? No. You are not claiming Princess Bride is a Christmas film. I'm, I'm going to say it's got the feel of a Christmas Yuletide cheer. It's got the feel of something you would watch at Christmas. There you go, yeah. Because you That's watch everything at Christmas. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Like saying also, that... Fred Savage. Fred Savage. That's how he wants us to say it now. Is it with a, with a silent Savage. U? Fred <laughs> Savage. He's only doing Polanski films. Oh, he's only doing Polanski movies and Woody Allen films. And he's called Fred Savage now. Uh, right, anyway, a <laughs> uh, whole bunch of additional Christmas stories. Uh, what have we got? So we've got the modern, the modern kind of... Bad Santa's actually not a bad show. <laughs> yeah, it's a good show. Bad Santa 2, arguably a better film. Yeah, really? Oh, yeah. I don't like the second one. No, they totally settled into it. No, no, no. 
Um, uh, I like I've seen things like I like the uh, Jim Carrey Grinch movie. You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> like it. I that like it. It's a terrible film. I like it. You watch the animated Grinch movie. That's great. Mm. The sixties Anna Barbera. That's a great movie. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, I'd say stuff like The Night Before. Yes, The Night Before. Very good film. Very enjoyable. Watch Which is year, funny yeah. and maybe not quite on the same cerebral level. Um, In seriousness, um, Lethal Weapon 1, Shane Black movies are all Christmas films because they're all set at Christmas. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, incredible Christmas film. Incredible Christmas film. Yeah. Yeah, watch that, watch that, watch that. Yeah. And? Gremlins. No. It's a Christmas film. You don't get Gremlins just because it's a Christmas film. How does Gremlins relate to this? Fair enough, fair enough. I just get Christmas. Okay, fine. Fine. Yeah, watch the Polar Express. If you like, if you like, if you like Scrooge, watch a Polar Express. Exactly. It's Christmas. It's the same. One of Tom Hanks's characters kind of a dick. So the homeless guy on top not, of the train. Not really. He's mean to him though. Turns mean. out he's actually a, a, a savior ghost figure. But he might also be Christmas and or Jesus or mm. Father Christmas. Bit weird. I don't really get it. That film. Yeah. yeah. You're not meant to. It's weird that film. I like it though. When you hit a certain point of mold wine buzz, oh yes, then very much so. Yes. Zemeckis tripping balls on oh, the Polar yeah. Express is just what you want. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Anyway, but that's not a recommendation for this film. That's a general recommendation. What other bleak Christmas films? Uh, there's Ooh, one that I haven't actually seen Rare yet. Rare Exports is really good. Uh? Rare Exports. Okay. I think it's Danish or Swedish or it's Scandinavian of some variety, and they catch Krampus. They catch Krampus. And then, and then he escapes and he... Do they? The, and also the movie Krampus. No. Yeah, that's a great film. No. Great film. Again, just Christmas tenuous links. Uh, it's a great film. Look, it's not about self-improvement, discovery, I'm the joy thinking, of Christmas I'm, I'm or any of that. I'm thinking about dark Christmas films. That's what I want. Well, this isn't a dark Christmas film. This is about Santa a Christmas Slay Carol. starring James Kahn and Goldberg, <laughs> the wrestler. And we're done. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to We're James Drunk Can't and We Know Things Christmas special. Can, can we turn his mic off? <laughs> Uh, we will be back in two weeks' time for our last episode of the year, our last deep dive. And then we're taking a bit of a break as we go into January. So until uh, our next episode, I-, I think we can probably wish them a Merry Christmas now. Merry Christmas. God isn't real. God is a lie. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Also a DJ. You heard it here God second. Is God is a That's DJ. That's so weird because he also saved my life. Last night. Oh my God. Yeah. Come on, just over here. All right. All right, that's no good. Come on, let's try the other side of the theater. Come on. Well, that, all right, how about just the men? Come on, just the men. All right, the real men. Let's hear the real men. All right, all right. All right, the women. The women now this time. No, the real women. The real women. You know who you are. Are you? Making all the noise through the whole movie. Let's just fucking do it. Let's see what happens. We are rolling once more. Straight off the off the hip. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Right. So I told you this one was going to be Lucy Goosey. Yeah, it's fine. I've I like forgotten it. the format of the podcast we've done for five years. Four. <laughs> five. <laughs> one star reviews. Look how eager you are to get to the end. I've got a headache that would kill a bear. <laughs> Do we have a bear? Honestly, if I could wear one of those airline blindfolds, it would be good. I've got sunglasses. I've got sunglasses. I'm thinking about putting them on. Minor prescriptions. <laughs> oh no! May or may not help. Yeah, no.